The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes of Frank Open Honest Conversation about gambling addiction. And joining us today uh, from Connecticut, is uh, Emily, and uh, this will be a unique show for us over the two and a half years we've done it because Emily is not a compulsive gambler, but she is the wife of a compulsive gambler. And I frequently say that while you hear our stories and those stories, uh, you know, obviously run the gamut emotionally, uh, you know, we leave behind in our wake, you know, uh, loyal, amazing, loving uh, family members who unfortunately have to deal with our crap. And we thought it'd be interesting to hear the perspective of someone who lived the life and lives the life of the spouse of a compulsive gambler. Emily, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for having me. Sure. So uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think all morning of, of how to begin. So let me uh, just start off with, you know, your relationship, if you don't mind, with your husband prior to gambling. You know, how long were you guys together? How long have you been married before, you know, the proverbial poop hit the fan? So me and my husband uh, met back in 2014. We're both licensed physical therapists now working in the home care agency. We met actually at a hospital uh, where we both were on the same clinical rotation. And at that time, we were young. We both liked to drink. We actually both enjoyed gambling. Uh, So many times we take a weekend trip down to Atlantic City in the casino and but for most of the time it was it was fun enjoyable nothing that got out of hand got uh, it yeah and so it was, it was like most people recreational responsible right. maybe you win a couple hundred bucks lose a couple hundred right. bucks but you had a weekend away it was nice you stayed in a nice place you got in your car you came home and didn't think twice about it that type of thing right 100% Okay, so was there a point prior to you being aware officially uh, that your husband uh, had a problem, were you recognized his behavior changing where even if you didn't know what it was, you thought maybe there was something going on? Yes. So before we got married, we were travel physical therapists. We were living in California at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So we take weekend trips to Lake Tahoe. We also played softball. We're both uh, college ball players. So we take trips where we play. You play softball, but then at the night there were in places like Vegas and Lake Tahoe where uh, on the nights or you're on your off day or when your game breaks, you can hop at the casino for lunch or right. go gamble. So I would notice that. He wouldn't leave his room. He would miss games, which is something he would never do. And there were trips that Friday night he'd lose all his money and he'd get upset and I wouldn't see him the rest of the trip. Hmm. He wouldn't leave his room. Got it. Did you find that a lot of the trips you guys were taking uh, just so happened to be centered around there being a casino in town? Or is that... You did. 100%. 100%. So, so I, 
as he's gambling more and obviously kind of withdrawing from you emotionally as your partner, um, did you immediately connect that to it's gambling or did a million thoughts go through your mind about what might be happening? A million thoughts. A million thoughts. So you don't, like, my childhood too, my father, a lot of our trips were around casinos too. So it didn't seem like, oh, this is, this is terrible. You know what I mean? Yep. Because yep. I was brought up that way as well. Right. So My dad you... drinks a lot and he gambles. Got it. So as a kid, but, but they're functional, you know. <laughs> yeah. So as a kid, you were exposed to gambling and drinking, socialized, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, so, you know, so your husband or even you doing it? Hey, that's what my parents did. No big deal. Right. Hundred percent. Was he? So, did he I... grow up the same way? So his parents are are amazing. Like his dad doesn't doesn't drink and doesn't really gamble, but he brought him around the horse racing because his dad actually did like was kind of like a bookie at one point. Okay. Like, did some kind of stuff like that, but his dad is so straight. Like compared to my parents, I'm like they're the perfect parents. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so give me give me an idea just yeah. from, from a time perspective. When you go from, hey, it's social, it's great, it's fun, it's a couple weekends a year, no big deal. Now it's kind of, you know, impacting in a negative manner. You guys playing uh, softball or, you know, other you know other aspects of your life. Uh, give me an idea of how much time went by from when you first said, eh, there's something wrong with Billy. I'm making up a name here. Um, yeah, so to- it was probably over around three years where hmm. it, it started getting – it started getting bad, but it was still only casinos, so you can monitor it, right? Okay. So when we're back in our normal lives, there, he didn't have access to a casino unless he drove three hours. But when the sports gambling became legal on the phones, it was a whole different ball game. You have a casino in your pocket now. I can't tell if he's gambling. So his so his addiction when, really exploded recently, I assume, yeah? Correct. Correct. It just happened in 2020, well, 2021, 2022. Okay. Is when it got horrendous. So let me here's the thing, you know, I always try to, you know, put myself in the shoes of my loved ones cuz I put them through hell and back, you know, you know, just being an idiot, you know, gambling uh and what gambling led me, you know, bad decisions and all that. And I wonder for you as the spouse of someone who kind of recognized my husband's maybe not spiraling out of control in the moment, but he's different. He's more introverted. He's not the guy that was always up for a good time. Like, can you walk the audience through the behavioral changes that you noticed prior to figuring out that he had this problem? So it's when you realize there is when it gets to a point where it's unmanageable you start thinking of back to how he was before, and then you start to recognize patterns. So you realize in the casino, when it started to be a problem, he would go to a table and didn't want anybody with him. He wanted to sit alone. And the same thing when he had the phone with him and he was gambling on the phone, I would notice he would lock himself in the bathroom 
and he didn't want anybody to be around. Right. And if I got too close, he would he would re- react. He would be like, and his his emotions would would be almost like bipolar. Like it would be very angry or very happy. No in between. So I'm also a yoga teacher, so I kind of relate it to highs and lows. You know, okay. where yeah. it's either a ten or a one. It was no. You kind of want to stay in between, and he was no. There was no in between. Right. How protective was he over his phone? Very, very. If I touched his phone, it would be. Uh, it was. It was dramatic. Right. So I thought right away as a wife, you think, oh, he's cheating on me. Right. Right. You know, right away. Right, because that's which the obvious natural thing. Too, which could be related to gambling, too. Or, um, well, he, well, here's the reality. He was cheating on you, but his mistress was gambling. His mistress wasn't, you know, the girl next door. You know, his correct. mistress was uh, gambling, which became his everything. Uh, exactly. Exactly. That was his first love. So I wonder, as you see him kind of going down this bad road, and you figure out, it seems like relatively quickly... You know, that it is gambling. That it's nothing else. It's not drugs. It's not alcohol. It's not another woman. Uh, that it's gambling. Did you immediately uh, um, ask him about it, challenge him on it, or did you try to kind of soft-toe your way around that? So I feel like this may help other people out there, too. At first, you kind of, like, try to be – like, I – like – even as a kid with my dad drinking or my mom drinking, you try to be perfect. You try to do everything right, not to get them upset, which you realize doesn't help. Right. And then you start exploding on them, which doesn't help. <laughs> right. And then you realize you need to get somebody to help because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> and then once you decide to reach out, that's when you get like this weight lifted off of you that there are people available to help like Craig and Dan who were my, who were my first was my first phone call and was the best feeling off my shoulders not like it solved the problem right it still it doesn't solve the problem but you get this this euphoric moment where you're not in this alone there's people that can help you how, how long did it take you to do that? And the reason I ask is that, yeah. you know, for me as the gambler, uh, you know, there was uh, I, there's a big ego part of being a, uh, an addicted yeah. gambler because, you know, number one, you don't think you're doing anything wrong. Number two, uh, you know, the people in your life just couldn't possibly understand, you know, how good you are at it and how you process it. And then there does come a period of shame when you start recognizing you have a problem, but your ego doesn't want you to admit that you have a problem because it's this weakness, right? What do you mean I'm an addict? I'm not an addict. Kind of screw you type of thing. And I wonder for you, the spouse of an addict, if you go through similar things where... 100%. You do. 100%. You go through the same thing. You go, what's wrong with me? Why can't I make him happy? Why is he choosing this first? It has to, like, and then you're going through, through this whole debate, like, what can I do different? What can I try? Blah, blah, blah. You're doing all this research on, like, how can I make my husband happier? You know, I'm Googling things like, what can I do to make him want me? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster that, unfortunately, we don't care about, and... 
you know, as we unravel, we allow our relationships to unravel, and the gambling is just more important. Like, I'm sure your husband loves you, never stopped loving you, but he got mm-hmm. to a point where the need to gamble, the want to gamble, the financial aspects of gambling just became irrationally more important than you did. Right. Hmm. I'm going to take a quick break. This is Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Talking to Emily. She is the wife of a compulsive gambler. So, Emily, as you start coming to terms with the fact, okay, husband has a problem, A, B, there's nothing I can do to fix it. I got to stop bending over backwards to try to fix it. You know, I need a third party to help. Walk me through what it was like when you tried to sit down or ultimately did sit down with your husband and and got that third party involved. Was there an ultimatum? Was there a threat? Was there, you know, you, you know, I'm walking out of the house. You're never going to see me again. Walk us through what it was like the moment you finally decided you had had enough and he needed to get some help. So I gave him several options. I said, you can go, you can go to GA. I'll take you there. I'll drive you there. I'll sit in the car and wait for you. He wanted no part of that. Uh, he still doesn't, he hasn't walked into a GA meeting. He finally agreed to seeing a private counselor. Because he was Thanks embarrassed. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Completely embarrassed. Yeah. Yep. I still, he's still, I don't think he's still at the point of step one in his recovery. He hasn't gambled for two months. Okay. That I know about. Right. You know, or uh, that's from his words. I, I never know. But he's still too ashamed to walk into a GA meeting. Um, it's an ego thing. I, like you said in, in the earlier, it's, I think the main thing is shame, ego. Well, it's, e- listen, yeah, it's, yeah. it's ego for sure. I can, I've yeah. walked, you know, these steps that your husband's walking through, you know, and it is ego. Um, and yeah. the problem I think that, you know, you guys are now having or going to have, and I respect it because it's real, is yeah. uh, there's a lack of trust now in the relationship because my gut yeah. is... He's done so much lying to you, even about silly things that have oh, yeah. no importance whatsoever. But he's become a world-class liar because he knows what he's doing is out of control. He knows it's wrong. He knows he's got to stop. He can't because he's right. an addict, and it's easier just to lie to you uh, to appease you. And that's probably right. what's going on. Yes. Yes. So trust is definitely the biggest thing. Um, so it got to the point where he was, when he was gambling, he would say things like, I'm going to go, I, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. So these words were starting to come out of his mouth, and I was terrified. He, he would say, oh, I'm not going to really do it. Don't listen to me. But he would keep saying it, like, over and over again. So I got to the point I called the cops. He said it so, it, he said he was going to, he was going to go into his car. He was going to put the run the car in the garage he told me exactly how he was going to do it hmm. so how at that point don't i make a, if you, it's somebody you love how do you not make a phone call you have you to know? yeah i had to 
So he's still he's still upset about uh, upset at me about the four nights he he spent at a behavioral health center. But I think that but that's the only way that we got into therapy. Now that we're in therapy now with our private counselor because we were able to set that up after that. And yeah. I'm so grateful for that. I would say, and by no means am I an expert, I want to be very clear, I am not an expert on mental health. I can tell my story, and my story resonates with a lot of people, and I can relate to certainly what you and your husband are going through, and I have great empathy for what you're going through because you've done nothing wrong. You don't deserve this. Uh, so I, I totally get it, and you know, I'm amazed by your courage and fortitude to keep your marriage together and try to support somebody you love because you know he's sick. You know, yeah. and the reality of someone being sick is, you know, he doesn't want to take full ownership of being sick, and he still views it as, you know, weakness, and there's shame involved, and I get all that. Um, and you did the right thing. And I don't think he's mad at you. I think he's probably mad at himself that it got to this stage, and he can't get it back. He can't control it. He can't fix it. And there will be a point, I think, because I can speak to my experience here, Emily, that there's going to be a day, I mean, I cross my fingers for you, that th there will be a day, and it may come out of the blue for no reason at all, that he recognizes, hey, I've got a problem, i got to go get help, I'm going to lose everything, and that's important to me. And I wonder when you guys have these conversations or when he talks to this private therapist, is he in denial still, or does he acknowledge that gambling has gotten out of control for him? I think he's still in, in slight denial. I still think he, I think he's only not gambling now because this is the easiest time for him not to gamble. <laughs> because of the lack of certain sports that are going on. Correct. Got it. He was gambling back in March. Right. So I think, uh, cause the hardest time for him is always February and that's February of 2022 is when we had the uh, major disaster. So, so he's told you that he hasn't gambled at all in uh, two months, but you don't know if that's even accurate. Correct. Has he self-excluded from wagering yes. online? Yes. Well, I love that. But, that is a huge first step, and there's yes. a lot of young men that I counsel now, and uh, I tell them that they're not serious about you know, stopping if they haven't self-excluded because it takes five minutes to do it. It's the easiest thing in yes. the world to do. I was so proud of him when he did that. And yeah. he did it from, from all over the country, too. So well, that, he was, well, I'll tell you this. That's a yeah. major step and a very yes. positive step. It doesn't mean he's not yes. gambling, but it means he can't gamble on his phone or online. And that's a huge, yes. huge step. So yes. I'm proud. you should be proud of him. That's big. Yep. Yep. That was an awesome step he made. Um, he did gamble in March, but through a friend. Because friend, you find a way. As yeah. a gambler, you find a way. But he has been much more open and honest. Honest communication is key. Um, so he, when he makes a mistake, he tells me about it now, Good. which is big because I don't beat him up about it, which I used to do. So there's growth on both sides. Well, I think you have to also come to the realization, which it sounds like you did, you know, that your husband's sick. Right? Yeah. I mean, and you know, what spouse wants to hear that? Because gambling is so different than, you know, drug addiction and alcohol addiction where you can look at a tangible product and say, hey, we're, I'm getting all the beer out of the house. You're not drinking. I can monitor right. you drinking. I can monitor, you know, if you're getting high or doing you know, whatever recreational drug you might be doing. But it's very easy for me to hide gambling from you. I don't smell like anything. I don't sound like anything. 
I don't stumble when I walk. I don't sleep. You know, I, I'm gambling, and I can do it right in front of your face, and you have no idea that I'm doing it. And that's the problem with gambling addiction. Right, right. So the way we can, I, we can kind of, mon- I can help him monitor it. He put me. I, I'm now on his personal account. We had separate accounts. Right. On uh, now nowadays, the young kids, we don't always join like they did, like older um, married couples do. So right. um, it helps that I'm on there. So he knows if he makes mistakes, I, I can see it. I can see when he sends money to a buddy. I can see, yep. I can, and I will ask him, where is that going, you know? Well, I would say so, this. It, it sounds like in a short amount of time, you guys have at least done some serious repairing of the relationship and trust. And he's at least taken some legitimate, you know, intangible steps towards, you know, keeping you in the loop of what's going on inside his head. That sounds like a very good development. Yes, exactly. The communication is definitely first and foremost. And being honest in your marriage is so important. And knowing where everything is going and being open and honest in your union and talking to each other is is the biggest when you uh, when you look back on it, did he uh, you know take major financial risks with uh, your money and your family's money through gambling, and did he ever put you guys in harm's way financially? Yes. So he he stole over fifty thousand dollars from my my savings account. Got it. Um, yeah. So that's when in when I say February twenty twenty two was our worst moment. That's when that occurred. Um, he had over $500,000 in his gambling account, um, and that's when it all spiraled. He lost, he lost every single dollar of that. Wow. And has he given you— And stole, yeah. stole 50000 from me. Wow. Because he, so he, he just yeah. had to keep gambling. He couldn't stop. Yeah, because once you win that kind of money, you think you're God. You think you're you're never going to lose, and yeah, that's you know, when you know, everything. It's not even that so much, and that's part oh, of it for okay. sure. The other the other part of it, and speaking for myself here, is that you know if he had accumulated half a million dollars in gambling winnings over whatever amount of time, right? It, you can't bet a hundred bucks on a game anymore. Yeah, because it, does, it doesn't mean it anything to you. Yes. So all okay, of a sudden, and sense. then and then what happens yeah. after that is, and I experienced this. I live this where. You know, I if if I won, you know, make up an absurd amount of money, let's say playing blackjack, right? right. Then anything less than that, you know, wasn't enough. Uh, so then, you know, why not walk out of the casino up X amount of dollars? Well, I'm not going to walk out because I know I can win this number because I've done it before. And that's wow. where you start getting in trouble because your ego kicks into overdrive. And it's like, you know, I can't, I know to this day, I've not gambled. It'll be five years uh, coming up at the end of June without me wagering at all. And I know for a fact that if you said, hey, come on over to the casino, and the only thing they have there are $50 tables, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because the 50 bucks, even though I've not gambled in five years, it just wouldn't mean anything to me. It wouldn't It wouldn't uh, satisfy my desire to gamble. Uh, and that's, what, that's exactly what your husband went through. It wasn't enough money. Wow. Yeah, that makes more sense. Let me that ask you this b- before I let you go, and I, mean, I can talk to you all day, and I think you're doing a great <laughs> service for, you know, the wives and husbands and family members of, of gambling addicts. Um, if you could sit down 
in front of a group of spouses who are now just recognizing that their partners have a problem, what advice would you give them? Don't focus on, on your partner. Focus on yourself. Make your, control your emotions. Stay positive. Because the more positive you are and the more in control of your emotions, then you don't escalate the situation. Um, when you start focusing on them and putting more pressure on them, the gambler gets worse, and so does your situation and everything. So once you start getting help and controlling yourself, you can only look inward. And you can all, all you have control of is yourself. And if you can make your mind and mental health well, you can better serve your partner. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I hope to get a chance to talk to you again. There's so many more questions I have. I do hope your husband's doing well. I applaud you uh, for getting to this stage. It's, it's amazing. It's hard work to get where you're at. And I'm sure you've had a million opportunities to walk out the door and say, I'm leaving this guy behind. And uh, it says a lot about you that you haven't. And like you, I'm proud of him, too. He's trying to overcome a nasty addiction. And it does sound like he's taking the right steps now, finally, to doing that. So I wish you, uh, you know, Godspeed and the best of luck. And I hope we can stay in touch uh, moving forward. And I think you are providing a great service for your know, loved ones out there who uh, have a, a gambling addict in their, in their home. And I appreciate you coming on very much today. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to help others. Um, yeah, it means a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, we connected. I'm glad you found Dan, too. And I'm glad that uh, we were able to get you in the right direction to get the help you guys need. And I look forward to uh, meeting you guys one day and uh, staying in touch. Thank you. Yes, same here. Look forward to an ongoing relationship with you. And I also talk to Dan often. Um, and he is an amazing resource for anybody who needs support. So yep. he, he has done everything for me. So God bless people like you guys. Thank you, Emily. Be well. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. You know, I often say on this show that we lose sight of the people we hurt the most because they're always going to people going to be the people that are closest to us. They're in the line of fire. And uh, I just think it's great that Emily's willing to talk a little bit about what she's going through as the spouse of a gambling addict. We could have obviously gotten much more in depth on it, but uh, just allowing her to kind of speak from her perspective of what it's like coming home not knowing what you're going to get because the guy you're in love with is an addict is real and that's what's happening all across the country right now as more and more people fall prey to becoming a gambling addict if you feel like you have someone that has a problem if you feel like you have a problem you can always start with a very easy resource that's 1-800-GAMBLER you can always reach out to me I return every email as quickly as I can, not always within 24 hours, but as quickly as I can, at craig.carton at odyssey.com. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to bring the show to you. You got Joe Beningo coming up, and then Evan and I are back together at 2 o'clock on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, the final weekend in April, as we get ready for spring here in New York City on WFAN.